0: is five things in a song the podcast where we talk about five things and i play a song my name is patrick mcguire my lovely co-host is om 76 out in la hey lady hi what's what's going on
1: uh i think i need to hear more about this broken toe that you tweeted about
0: okay the deal was uh as you know for a few weeks i'm living in my mom's basement just being a real successful 29 year old man <laughs> And I was walking around my basement barefoot, and I stubbed my toe on my um, guitar case, but like hard enough to immediately I was like, "It's broken!" And I was like, "Yeah!" I was like, "It was like a guttural <laughs> yell," and I was like, "Jesus God!" So you know, I definitely suffer for my art because <laughs> I, yeah, it fucking sucked. So you're a true artist. Oh man, no pain, no gain. <laughs> and this was after the week the hell week of like, you know, my relative being in a mental hospital and, uh, my computer crashing and then having to move into my mom's house for a month.
1: Yeah. Cherry on top, broken toe.
0: Yeah. I was like, fuck you, broken toe, you little bastard.
1: Is it all discolored and purple and shit?
0: Yeah. It looks cool as hell. How
1: are you going to teach guitar lessons with a broken toe?
0: There's uh compromises you make with your art and with your teaching and, um, I just try to put on a brave face, but the whole time I'm just suffering. You know what I was actually thinking about the other day? I was like, I don't really hurt myself that much. And then I, I'm like, I feel bad for people who do. And then I just stubbed my toe two days later like an idiot. And it broke immediately.
1: Wait, why were you even thinking about hurting yourself?
0: You, you see people sometimes and you're like, what the fuck is that guy doing? He, he hurt his elbow. The guy's like 40. What was he doing?
1: He's probably partying hard or having really big adventures or, like, rollerblading around, having fun. Things that you should probably be doing more of.
0: I climbed uh, six mountains, six 14ers this summer, so I don't want to hear any of your guff. I have plenty of adventures. Where where are the injuries to prove it? Actually, I climbed with accuracy and skill, and so I didn't sustain any injuries. What's your thing? The thing I want to talk about is faking orgasms, and I would like to know if you ever have, and if you have, why did you do it?
1: Uh, yes, I have, and I did it because I wanted it to be over. <laughs> I mean, that's the answer for everyone if you ask them.
2: <laughs> oh my
0: God, that's so funny!
1: Why is that funny? That's just the—that's just the truth, and it's the most common thing in the world. It's just—it's
0: uh, just because. The truth is, is that I have two. I've done it about five times. Wait, I, I always thought this was like a woman's game. No, and that's the thing. Let me, let me explain my thought process here. When I was younger, I used to love Seinfeld. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I used to love Seinfeld and sitcoms. And that was like a big thing, women faking orgasms. And I was like, and then, you know, I got older and I just always just sort of grew up with the mentality of only women do that until I became sexually active and without a long-time girlfriend, and then you get into situations where you're just kind of, you know, if it's not the same person over and over again, then you just don't know what the situation is. So, I, yeah, there's been times where to sort of not hurt a girl's feelings or to end it. You don't want to just tap out? Or just sort of put a little period on the experience. You just... (laughs) You just, you know, I'm sure it's, or I know it's very different for a guy than it is for a girl just to sort of end it. You know, I started doing it like a few times without even knowing I was doing this thing that I only thought women did. And then it kind of hit me like, dude, you do that. You make orgasm.
1: (laughs) Wait, so this wasn't a conscious decision? You just started to, I don't get
0: it. At first, at first I was just kind of, I was like, let's just end this. Don't hurt her feelings blah, 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 go to sleep. And so I was like, yeah. A few times later, uh, I was like, you're doing that thing that you thought only women did. You do this. And then since then, I've talked to some other guys, and it's a totally common thing. It's probably a phenomena phenomenon, mostly found in dating relationships or casual encounters because those are those have condoms. And it's kind of impossible yep. to fake it if you don't have the condom. You know what I mean?
1: Right, right. I think in a relationship, you shouldn't ever be forced to force an orgasm. You should always be able to just say, hey, I can't do it right now. Yeah. Can't cross the finish line.
0: But when you're in a casual thing, just there's none of those standards. And so that's just kind of, that's the logical uh, end of a sexual experience. And so I think that's just the easiest thing to do uh, when, (laughs) when there's that situation. I had a thing one time with this girl. Uh, a little fling when we were on tour and it was the sort of thing where we hooked up once and it was great. And then the second time was great too, but I just was not finishing. And I, and I didn't even fake it. We were just kind of going for a while. And then she just stops and she's like, it's not my fault. You can't come. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then she just put on her clothes and we were done. Why did she think you were, I don't understand that comment. Uh, Because we were just going for a while. And I think she was frustrated that it wasn't, I mean, it was a while. You know, and then eventually she's like, it's not my fault. This is you. This is your issue.
1: The next thing I want to talk about is shopping for my parents for Christmas. Mm. So my parents are very difficult to shop for.
0: My dad is much easier to shop for because he just loves anything That has to do with the Patriots or the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. So you can get anything with the Patriots logo on it, and he's going to adore it, basically. So that's really easy. That's always nice. I think probably for eight or nine consecutive years, I got my mom just, uh, like, soap. Just cool bath soaps. And then she (laughs) always seemed to like it. But I think probably in her head, she was like, you are not trying.
1: Yeah, that's like a candle.
0: (laughs) And sometimes you want a candle,
1: Yeah, I'm not saying candles are bad, but that's what you get for somebody that you don't know very well. My parents are extremely excruciatingly specific about what they like. And not only that, they are totally ruthless about telling you when you've missed the mark. So this is the kind of family I come from. Really? Uh, No, yeah. yeah. It's something I'm totally used to. Uh, My feelings aren't even hurt when they don't like a gift. I'm just fully expecting it. It's like losing the lottery. You can't cry when the odds are so high. So we've gotten to the point in our family where we email each other Christmas wish lists, but we don't just give a general, a general list. We actually include links to the specific item so that you can't fuck it up.
0: <laughs> so how is that different than a gift card? Because we all know the stigma against gift cards, and I get it. You're supposed to get a thoughtful gift, but isn't the idea behind gift giving that you know the person really well, and then you purchase them something really specific, that they maybe they knew they wanted or maybe it's a new thing that they didn't know they wanted and it's going to be really cool.
1: Ideally that's obviously what you would want to do but we came to the realization in our family that we just can't we can't do it <laughs> because it's just too hard. <laughs> I I'm pretty specific in what I like myself like when my mom buys me clothes she'll buy me she'll buy me jeans and they'll be like boot cut with decorations on the butt or something like that and I'll be like mom I don't wear these. <laughs> Sorry. It's just not me. I'm sorry. And um, so what she does is she looks at my Amazon wish list or whatever, but she waits to the last minute, like the day before Christmas or two days before to order it. But instead of paying for expedited shipping, she prints the page out (laughs) with the picture on it, folds it up and like puts a ribbon on it and puts that under the tree. Really?
2: (laughs) Really? Oh yeah. my gosh.
1: And then I'll get my then it'll arrive in the mail later and I'll get it next time I visit. But my dad's impossible to shop for because he only likes stuff that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh he doesn't you know things that he doesn't realize don't exist. Like last year he wanted tube socks. Like you'd think that this <sighs> would be he specifically asked for tube socks. Now, this was an enormously common item 30 years ago. Like yeah. tube socks were everywhere. But guess what, Dad? It's not 1983 anymore, and also, uh, tube socks are nowhere. <laughs>
2: <You know?
1: laughs> and he doesn't realize this. That all the sock factories in China have been retooled to add a heel into the sock, and that's the way it should be because feet are not cylinders. You know, they are, <laughs> they're they're foot shaped, and a sock should be foot shaped.
0: Yep. The tube
1: is for shipping a poster. It's not for a foot.
0: That's just funny. Out of all the things to ask. For you for Christmas, he wants socks, which is the dreaded gift that a parent gives a child. Yeah. The sock is on the other foot, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 man, I slay myself.
1: This year he wanted Levi's, which you would think would be the easy thing. But he doesn't want the 501s or the 511s or any of the other popular models. He wants the unattractive ones. He wants the 560s, (laughs) which are... (laughs) The Comfort Fit, uh-huh. uh, which on the Levi's website says, roomy in the seat and thigh, <laughs> tapering gently below the knee. So if you can picture them. <laughs> These are the only ones that he will tolerate. Oh. 560s. You have to go to six different department stores and look through their enormous Levi's selection, only to find that most of them don't carry them, because no one wants them. No sane person wants them. <laughs> uh, but I got lucky this year. I found them at JCPenney, uh, but only after checking like a million other stores.
0: Oh. Well, that's uh, that's effort, though. You really went out of your way to buy your dad ridiculous jeans.
1: Yeah, he really wants them to. And I found them, and he's going to have them. And th- next year they just won't exist because nobody wants them anymore.
0: <laughs> my dad, uh, my dad asks me for impossible things. Like he'll say, uh, for Christmas, I just want the family to be th- be together for you to believe in God again. <laughs> and then, and I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just sort of look down pensively and I'll just say, I can't give you that, Dad. Like, can you at least try?
1: Well, if you can fake an orgasm, you can fake believing in God for your dad.
0: <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I really, I cannot. Yeah, he'll just do funny things like that all the time.
1: When I was a kid, my mom would always say, "I just want good kids for Christmas." I'm like, mom, oh. you have really good kids. That's terrible. Oh man. <laughs> you know how moms they always put on the little cry face.
0: I know, but like that's just so, that's so brutal. I guess I'm the kind of person, you and I have talked about this, but not on the podcast, but I'm INFJ. Like, that's my Myers-Briggs personality thing. And that would just, like, cut to my core. That would just cut to my little heart. Just my mom being like, you're not a good kid. And then I would be like, I really am not. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah,
1: she didn't really mean that we were bad kids, but she just said she, you know, like, she just wants us to be well-behaved for Christmas. Yeah, okay.
0: So it was less, like, dramatic. Then, yeah. Then I may see, but that's my personality again. It's like making things dramatic. It's like, you come on, come on, mommy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just calm down, dude. Just, just it's a podcast. Just relax. You've done this five or six times. Okay. <laughs> just chill, buddy.
1: My mom uh, doesn't know how to download her own music, so for Christmas sometimes. I will actually download uh, Christian music for her.
0: Oh, really? She
1: writes down on sticky notes the names of Christian songs she's heard on the radio. God forbid that she has to learn a basic skill like downloading things from iTunes. So I just buy her like $25 worth of iTunes credits and download all her Christian music and put it on a CD for her.
0: She just wants the Christian music.
1: She wants the Christian music, but she also will throw in other weird things like the theme song from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which (laughs) is like... Just a bunch of sounds. Remember the song is, uh, by Yellow? Uh, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's like, mmm,
0: bow, bow. Yeah, yeah, I Cha-cha-cha. love that song.
1: She wants that in there, like in the mix with her Christians. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: funny. Yeah, one song is all about saving your soul, and then the next one is like, mmm, bow, bow. That song, when you listen to it, it's
1: really about like men leering at women because it's like, ooh yeah <laughs> and then he says beautiful <laughs> like a creep
0: like a creep looking at ladies on the corner oh man that's funny I don't do that yes you do I look down ah! I do I look down and I'll, and I'll say damn that girl looks good and then I will not look at her
1: you don't say that to her face no I'm
0: not a freaking creeper but I'll think it all day long yeah I'm a very good boy So, um, I got a question for you.
1: Yeah? Is it about orgasms?
0: Nope. But it is about another bodily function. Oh, great. When is the last time you vomited? Just have have, had a real good puke?
1: Um, it's been a while, but I went, I, I was, I had a Seinfeld seven year streak of not vomiting. Really? Yeah. From my late childhood years to my early adulthood years, uh, I didn't puke at all. And then. A couple of years back, I got food poisoning and I puked for like seven days straight.
0: Yeah, that, that happened to me, too. And actually, other than I discount drinking, puking from drinking. But Why? From that, well, you got hear me out. Or OK, even with that, I didn't I basically had the same thing where I didn't puke to, or I didn't vomit from when I was maybe 12 till I was 20. So, you know, an eight year long streak. But even now, let's discount the, the drinking. I'm just talking about being sick. Or getting food poisoning, I didn't puke for since I was probably twelve till I was twenty six, so a super long time till I got food poisoning. You know, starting to drink and everything, especially with because I was kind of like a youth group kid and drink it, didn't drink at all, and then kind of got out of that quickly when I was older, and then just didn't have any tolerance or experience. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was working at the Olive Garden, and the night before. I had gone out with my friends and I was I, w- I was about to turn twenty one, but I was twenty and we were at this bar and this girl got me in or whatever somehow. And it was just the sort of thing that it's like thanks church because they were telling me not to drink when I was young, so I had no experience. So I'm in this bar and I'm like, Well, I'll just have one of every drink. So I had a glass of w- <laughs> I had a glass of wine, I had some gin, I had some tequila. I had uh, vodka. I had whiskey. Just like, none of the
1: people that were with you were telling you that this wasn't a good idea?
0: I think they were just loving what I was doing. So we're at this bar. It's called The Front Porch in Denver. And I'm probably like four drinks in. And I was like, man, when I'm 21, I'm going to come here all the time. Just saying it really loud. Just because <laughs> <laughs> I was 20. So I was there illegally. So for some reason, the bartender took a liking to me. So he gave me a Corona and filled the top with tequila. And then I drank that and then, you know, just went to my friend's house and just puked. Ugh. I actually, no, some miraculously, here's what happened. I didn't puke. I fell asleep in my friend's house, had a shift at the Olive Garden where I had to be there at 1030. I went in the back and just puked in the trash can. And then I told my boss, I was like, hey, I, uh, I had some, some drinks last night think some of the alcohol had gone bad. And uh, I just, I can't really, I can't, I can't really explain it. (laughs) Yeah, I can't really explain it. But I think I had some bad alcohol and uh, I'm really sick. So I need to go home. And she just looked at me like I was a huge idiot because I was a huge idiot. Just so inexperienced and stupid.
1: You really thought that it was the the alcohol had gone bad. You didn't know about getting sick from alcohol.
0: No, I just had, I had figured maybe if you had 30 drinks but not not like 10. Whoa. I
1: don't think I've ever puked from alcohol. Really? Yeah. I don't get that drunk. Damn. I have gotten drunk blackout drunk before. Uh, it happened when I I like lost 50 pounds on the Atkins diet <laughs> Jeez. and uh, my alcohol tolerance went way down and I had a gay theater friend named Ronnie who was making me my ties and all sorts of fruity drinks and i just did not know what was in them at all and they tasted like sugar they found me sleeping face down next to the toilet in in the in their mom's bedroom
0: i remember uh this loosely relates to vomiting i remember being in fort collins 2 years ago my friend hunter who's just you he, he got a girlfriend so he's less wild now but he was just crazy as shit we were in fort collins just hitting up all these bars and i remember even before leaving somebody's house we'd already uh We'd already had four or five beers, and then drank a bunch of Patron. And I knew I was really drunk from the start because, you know, we walk into this club and we're trying to be really cool and stylish. And I guess the idea, is, or obviously the idea, is go meet some girls.
1: I picture you walking in with sunglasses on, like an Azizi top
0: suit. Uh, well, I actually did have pink sunglasses on, <laughs> and I had, and I had my jacket. I was wearing my jacket inside out, just because I was already that drunk. Just you didn't the know. first bar we went to, yeah. So long story short, we just have this wild night. I remember at some point coming to, and the, there was a uh, taxi driver, and he just looks back at me. I'm in my cab, and he's like, if you puke in here, it's going to be $200. And I was like, whatever, man. I'm not going to puke in your cab. And <laughs> I just opened the door, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Memories. I think, there's a, I think there's two kinds of people in this world, and that's the people who, when they need to vomit, they're just like, oh, cool. I'm going to vomit. And they're like, oh, I feel better, nice. And then there's the people like me where just I will do anything in my power to not vomit. Yeah. Because I hate it and it's so disgusting and gross and stuff gets up your nose and it's just, like, the worst, most, like, vile, disgusting taste in your mouth. So I will do anything I can. I'll stay up all night and just sort of, like, I'll be like, fuck you. I'm going to not vomit. <laughs> and I'll just sort of, like, cradle my body and I'll be like, you're not going to get me. You're not, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to vomit. <laughs>
1: No, that's how it was. That's how I got through that many years of not vomiting is I just refused and I just never got that sick. But when I did get actual food poisoning and I was sick for a long, long time, um, I got good at it. Like I, It was like I, the first time I donated blood, I hated the needle and I was like really squeamish and then I donated blood every eight weeks and then I got to the point where they could just jam that needle in my arm and I was used oh. to it. <laughs> so I got used to vomiting. I would just like casually put my hair in a ponytail when I could feel it coming. I would walk over to the toilet, and I wouldn't even like you know I I I would always clean the toilet before if I knew I was gonna uh, barf I would clean it first. So if I had to stick my head anywhere anywhere, it wouldn't like be nasty. Yeah, your face is down there. So I'm just nauseous and I know I'm gonna barf, but I'm still sitting here like with cleanser cleaning the
2: toilet with a brush.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Just casually barf into it and walk back to my couch and watch how things are made. This whole topic has become very puke-related. Yeah. I don't even remember what the initial topic was now.
0: It was puking. Oh, it was? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: I'm an idiot. Okay, if the topic's puking, I have to talk about this one time when I ate a brown rice salad. Um, Okay, let me start over. Uh, One time I ate a brown rice salad for lunch and then uh, at 2 a.m. That, na- that night, um, I barfed all over my, my Jeep Liberty. And then I was so sick for three days that it actually just baked in my car while oh. I was sick on the couch. I just couldn't get up and I couldn't deal with it for three days. It was inside my CD player, it was inside all of my, my air vents. I got it all over my pants. I just got it on everything because I was driving. I was trying to get off of the freeway and I could feel the barf coming. And I said, I'm not going to pull over on the side of the freeway. I'm going to get to the next on-ramp or the next off-ramp. And I did. I got to the off-ramp. But just as I was putting my car in park, puke just started like fountaining out of my body. (laughs) Okay, so I want to talk about aspirations, Um, and I hope that you can tell me a little bit about yours, Um, because one thing that I really uh, admire about you is how you are very creative. You have a lot of motivation to push out a lot of creative things from, you know, like not just your music and your web series, but, you know, your selfies of your butt. (laughs) It's just always, you know, creative output with you. And I I really admire that. And I have a hard time motivating to create things um, because I don't know really what I want with my life. And I realize that I'm a little old to be like in that position. But I, I think that it's not as uncommon as I probably believe it is to not really know what you want out of your life when you're, like, a full grown adult and have been adult for a
0: long time. A lot of the world, we're just kind of trained to think, you know, if you get these certain things, whether it's an education and a, and a job and a family, then you're set, you know? And I just don't think life is that uh, simple. I think it is for some people, and I think it is not for other people. It's definitely not for me. Yeah. When I was in Seattle, for the really terrible reason of visiting somebody in the hospital, I had been talking to this girl on Twitter so we just kind of went out and had a few drinks and went on a date. So she knew all about my band and my web series and all that sort of stuff. So she's like, what are your, what are your goals? And I was like, well, you know, I'm really trying to just like write music and be as creative as, as I can and hopefully make a living off of that and maybe like eventually tour around the world and write songs for movies. And, and then maybe I'll get into acting and maybe I'll uh, get into writing and maybe write a movie or try to write a screenplay or a show or something like that. Then she was like,
2: hmm.
1: Do you think that she thought those were weird goals? Or do you think that she just thought that you, there's no way that you could
0: do that? Uh, I think probably both. Just, uh, and I don't know, maybe maybe she thought my band sucked or uh, that my comedy was terrible.
1: No, I don't think that's what it is.
0: It's just the sort of thing that she has a, a really good job at like a tech company up there. And she's like doing really well. And so I think that's all she could talk about, basically. Right. That was the most exciting thing. And that's great. And or whatever, but I don't know, I was like, I don't. I mean, good, but I, I just want to make things, you know, and I think, again, it's just a personality difference, because I have that personality of, I'm a, I'm a very introverted person, uh, just extremely introverted, so I feel like I make comedy and music and all that sort of stuff, like, yeah, that would be great eventually if I could get paid to do it, because I don't now. But the real reason is because I think I do these things to understand myself. I have all these conflicted emotions and feelings and thoughts and ideas in my head and they sound a certain way and then I put them out into the world and then they mean something completely different and then they mean something completely different to somebody else when they see that and experience it. So I think I learn about myself through those things. Even these podcasts, like kind of listening back, it's like, oh yeah, that's the kind of guy I am to talk about this thing or that. I was just
1: going to say the same thing that it's been weird listening back to myself because I always hear my own voice coming out of my mouth, but having to hear it in headphones and having to hear it over and over again, kind of it is, has been weird. It's taught me about myself <laughs> with me. I just don't know what I want. And I think it's because when I was a kid, I was taught that kids that don't want things are, are good kids because, you know, parents don't like dealing with kids are always asking for things So I think I just got in the habit of not really thinking about what I wanted because I wasn't going to get it anyway. So as an adult now, I just um, I think I carried that over to my adulthood where uh, I'm not really satisfied with what I'm doing now. But when I think about things that I could be doing, I don't I just assume that 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 I could never get there or that if I if I were there, I wouldn't be able to handle it anyway. Mm. I think that's partially just because the things that I have aspired to do and have done um, didn't go so well. Like, um, I really wanted to be like a great graphic designer. And I went to an expensive art school and I thought the art school was going to um, be really good for me. And when I got there, it was just awful. So I think I'm scared of things that I want now because I, I just assume that like when I get there, it's just going to be awful.
0: That's funny, though, because I mean, I even see the little collages you do for this podcast and they're just really, really good. You know, I don't know why you don't think you're I don't know. I mean, I don't know a ton about that stuff. But
1: I think like being able to draw a clipping path around an item and make a collage is a useful skill for making silly things on the Internet. But it's not something that's really like transferable to like something that's going to help
0: your life is it just the sort of thing that I could ask you if life looked exactly how you wanted it to look, what would you be doing right now?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know what I want.
0: I mean, you're really funny. You're like, even um, when I was in Seattle, we, I met our mutual friend, uh, Aaron Tate of uh, Minus the Bear. And he just went off on how funny you were, like when he met you and just how funny your tweets are. Yeah,
1: and that's another, that's another thing that I I could put on my list where I could say that I'm good at that, but that's not something that actually helps you in life.
0: I don't know, look at Rob Delaney, where that uh, he basically kind of, I don't think he started on Twitter, but that's definitely what catapulted him to fame, and he's doing really, really well, you know? No, that's definitely true. Not that you're a stand-up comic, but it was funny, though, because I sent you one of my scripts, and you just had super good notes for it, and good ideas and everything like that and I know I talked to you a little bit about writing an episode but I think that would be really cool if you wrote one you know
1: yeah maybe I should try it
0: my whole thing is this year alone I did stuff with my band and my solo music and did this podcast and uh did the web series and stuff and uh, cuz I just know these things make me happy and I've got to do what makes me happy you know
1: yeah I think that's my problem is I don't really know what makes me happy
0: Like, if you did, if you wrote something funny, and then whether it took off or not, would that make you happy? I don't know. Would it make you unhappy? (laughs) No. Mm. Then you should just do it. You should try it. Yeah, you're right. I've noticed even songwriting or trying to write comedy or uh, anything creative that I do, I kind of have a hesitation to do it because there's a lot of disappointment that could happen. or Or it's just hard. It's like working out. You're just like, I don't want to work out. I just want to sit here. But I don't like to sit yeah. there. I feel I feel bad, you know? Uh, I feel much better if I go work out, if I, if I go, if I'm basically putting myself to to use. So I guess that's, that's kind of why I do this sort of stuff. And it's funny because you were saying, like, the graphic school thing didn't work out, and I totally understand that. But it, it's funny, even with our band, like, this year alone, we had... Uh, this opportunity with William H. Macy to write, they wanted us to write some songs for a movie he's directing, and they liked the songs, but they didn't choose them. So that was a huge disappointment, mixed with kind of a huge uh, cool, like we made it that far, but we didn't make it far enough to get, get them in the movie. We had a label come check out, you know, a few of our shows, and we still didn't get signed, and, but I still want to do it. I still, I still think at the end of the day that it's going to work out. You know, and I don't know what the, what that's going to look like, but I just want to do this more than anything else.
1: Yeah. Well, and that opportunity to make a song for that movie, I mean, you busted out a song. I read an article about how you wrote that song in, in a week. Yeah. And probably without that impetus, you wouldn't have sat down to make that particular song, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. With that urgency and that energy, I was supposed to go out of town with my family and then teach a bunch of lessons music lessons at home after. And I just canceled everything for that week and just sat down and wrote. And it was awesome. I just felt like I was putting myself to use. And, you know, it's a bummer we didn't make it in, but.
1: But it's a great song. I sent it to the guy who runs the Spotify at KCRW and he says he's looking forward to hearing whatever you make next.
0: Oh, thank you for doing that. You just have so much talent. You know, and anything that I've seen you do, whether it's your old podcast or your graphic stuff or this stuff, you know, I think Aaron's right. You're really funny. And even the notes you were giving me about uh, script writing plots and character development and things that are funny. You clearly know what you're talking about, you know?
1: Yeah, I think I do. I I do give good feedback. I think that was one thing that I learned in art school is how to give really good constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. And I know that I have a lot of talents. I just don't know how to leverage them to do anything with them
0: just try what what is the use i mean you you might fail but again like this i i'm thinking about my band here we you could look at it that way that we failed a few times this year and a shit ton of times over our career but you just gotta keep going you know even i didn't think about this show it's always sunny in philadelphia that it's so it's so dark and silly it seemingly can be like really negative and not that it's like promotes a bad message or something, but, like, it's basically focused on these these characters that are just deplorable, just, like, super horrible people. But I was thinking about it, just how much, if there is a little meter of joy that you could measure from the world uh, from that show, and people love it, and it makes the world better because it makes people happy. They watch that show, they're happy, they feel relief, they feel uh, like they may be related to something or could laugh at something. And then they can deal with life better because of that, you know, because of this seemingly really silly and goofy show. And and that's what I love about comedy and art in general. What made me really want to get serious about my Upset Tommy Web series is that after the first episode came out, people kept tweeting me stuff and emailing me stuff. And they were like, yeah, I had a bad day and you made me feel better.
1: Yeah, I saw that you got a lot of really good positive feedback on that. Yeah.
0: And that's just like, holy shit, that's what it's about really I did that that because because I feel bad a lot and when something you know when I listen to music that I really love or when I watch a show that I that I really like that means the world to me and so you know I'm I'm by no means perfect at any of this shit but like I'm just gonna keep trying because why not you know if those few episodes I already put out if it just makes a few people happy or giggle or whatever then awesome then I feel great.
1: Yeah, that's good. When is the next episode dropping, by the way?
0: Uh, Probably, I would guess, not before the first of the year, but I'm going to say the first or second weekend in January. (music) My next thing is Telephone Conversations.
1: Like the one we're having now?
0: Well, yeah, but I think this one's different because this is for the art form of our podcast. But I'm talking about run-of-the-mill. Your friend Susie gives you a call. Let's say you're pretty close to Susie, and you see her, and you can talk. Let's say you're driving somewhere, or you're just walking around, and you can talk for 20 minutes. Like, you've got time. Are you Are you like, sure, I'll catch up with her? Or are you like, no, I hate phone calls?
1: No, I... Um, the only phone calls that I do these days are friends that are no longer here in LA so I don't see them anymore. So it's really the only way that I get to talk to them. So I do if I have if I have time, if I'm just out on a walk or something, definitely we'll we'll talk. But if it's a conversation that I know is an in depth conversation, I won't pick I won't even pick up the phone if it's someplace where I can't have it. Yeah. Where I can't have the convo. Yeah. But like with conversations with my mom I, I can't remember the last time I talked to her on the phone for more than three minutes. It's all business with her.
0: <laughs> I'm learning a lot about your mom tonight on this episode. Yeah, <laughs> She's a funny lady. Um, <laughs> I will avoid phone calls, phone conversations uh like I avoid vomiting i would rather <laughs> I would rather get I would rather get punched in the scrotum lightly than have to talk to somebody for ten minutes on the phone. Why? And let, me, and let me tell you why. Because I guess I'm a person, and I just learned about, learned this about myself kind of as I'm getting older, but I just need those, I need those physical cues to sort of know when to say things and how the other person's feeling and sort of I need, to see, I need to see them, you know? And Skype is okay for that sort of stuff, but it's still not the same. It's still not the same as actually talking to somebody face-to-face. I will literally do anything I can at all times to avoid phone calls, phone conversations. I just hate it. I mean, even the way it smushes my ear, it smushes my ear, and my ear turns red, <laughs> and it hurts my ear, and then I have to switch the phone to the other side. Just, I hate everything about it, and especially if there's, if I'm talking to particularly like a dude, I'm actually thinking of one of my friends right now, who, he is one of my best friends, and I love him, but he's probably like me. I bet, I bet he hates phone calls, too, but we've had a few conversations, and it's, it's even been like business stuff, like, hey, can you do this, or whatever, and we're both so awkward about when we talk, like when one person enters the conversation or exits or uh, says one thing or another, and it's just horrible. It's just a shitstorm, you know? And Or maybe he doesn't see it that way, but in my head I'm just like, stop, I hate this. Stop this conversation. It's the worst thing in the world. I'd, I'd literally rather get kicked lightly in the balls. Now I, I don't want to get kicked hard in the in the balls, you know, but I'd say <laughs> like not. somebody like lightly tapping me, I'd rather have that than any phone conversation.
1: So I'm kind of surprised that you wanted to do this podcast because it's really just a recorded phone call and it's a long one.
0: But I feel like when two people are, people are on the same page, when two people are on the same page about what you're discussing, what the format is, what what sorts of things... We're doing, there's kind of a a dynamic and a system to what we do, especially now that we've been doing this for a few weeks. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's more of a normal thing than sort of someone's calling you out of the blue and they just want to talk to you. It's just, and then I'm like, oh, I've got a, oh shit. I mean, I've got 20 minutes, but I, I wanted that 20 minutes to play Candy Crush on my phone and I really don't want to. Oh my
1: God, no. (laughs) see that's the thing Um, I miss phone calls when I was a teenager I was on the phone for hours with friends of mine that I saw all day like I was so happy when cell phones came along and you could talk long distance without having to pay per minute Um, because I would just plug in my headphones and do the dishes and, and talk on the phone and catch up with friends that lived on the other side of the country or like now with Skype you can catch up with friends who live on the other side of the world
0: Because even hearing you tell that story that when you were younger, you used to see your friends all day, and then you talked to them all night. I was just thinking, how exhausting is that? That just sounds like the most exhausting thing ever. And maybe it's a personality thing. It was
1: exhausting. Uh, Like, we would talk about nothing, and then, like, they would just be watching TV, or we would be watching the same show and just not even talking and just commenting on the show. You
0: know? Yeah. (laughs) No, but I guess I'm just thinking of me being, like, an introvert and the whole thing that To tell if you're an introvert or an extrovert, introverts kind of gather their, like, kind of regroup and get their strength from being alone. And extroverts get their strength and regroup from, like, being with other people. And I'm just like, man, I just want to not talk to anybody most of the time. (laughs) Like, that's just kind of how I want to be.
1: Well, and your job requires a lot of, like, interaction. Mine is alone in an office all day.
0: That's true, yeah. Just
1: away from people, so... Um, I get a lot of alone time, but when I'm at parties, um, I'm definitely an introvert because when I'm at parties, I always try to find the quietest part of the party mm-hmm. or, um, you know, I'll just go alone in the kitchen somewhere and like look at my phone for a little while, just to have a break from talking.
0: Do you ever go to a party or kind of a new social situation and you're just sort of getting acclimated and like, maybe you made one or two jokes or kind of like met a few people and you're doing okay socially. And then there's just somebody who's just... Killing it socially, and you're like, fuck that person my song this week is June eighteenth, nineteen seventy-six by Pedro the Lion
2: You were born in KC Missouri.
0: This has been 5 Things in a Song. You can always email us at 5thingsinasong at gmail.com if you think that you have a thing that we should talk about or a song that I should sing. Also, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash 5thingsinasong. Thanks. Bye.